And then I said, (laughs) Pinocchio's a book? (laughs) (laughs) I I got it from a movie. Um, (laughs) But but they didn't specify which one. For Uh, copyright reasons. Well, quite. Um, Sorry, if it sounds like my mouth's full, I'm eating a delicious biscuit in the shape of canine. That's what he calls it, eh? That's what he calls it. Um... Please thank Keeks for that, because these are amazing. I will do. They're, they're all right, isn't they? Some she got me through the shows yesterday, and some are getting me through life right now. She oh, makes mom, a good mom, gingerbread, mom. does our Keeks, despite mm. not liking gingerbread. Mm-hmm. So it, I have to test all the gingerbread. It's, a it's real, soft and squishy. It's nice. It's a real drag. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a shame. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Speaking of what a shame, you're listening to Big Damn Cast. Oh, no. My name is Christopher... Seriously, why is Mira wearing wedges, Johnson? Uh, my name is <laughs> Matthew. Hmm, octopus drums. What? <laughs> that's that's. Uh, oh, that's my me. God. For those who are wondering what the hell those references are, stick around. Also, oh, yeah. look at the title and the image. Um, but, <laughs> but secondly, we've got some pop culture bullshit to talk about this week. Oh Coming yeah. Up, Matt's going to give his thoughts on uh, Haunting of Hill House, a complete season, a little bit yeah. around for that, because he's yes, binged yes. it like a morvonger. Uh, we're also going to touch on the Kingdom Hearts 3 final trailer uh, that's come out. Uh, Matt's going to catch up on the <laughs> spider voyeurs. You can already tell how he feels about the Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I've not given any clues yet. Um, and then we are going to wax lyrical, both spoiler-free and spoiler-filled, about DC's Aquad Man holes. Aquaman. Aquad Man holes. Um, oh. Waterthor. Yeah. Plus, uh, your email's Waterthor. My God, that should have been the title. Um, but first up, uh, the lovely man on, who's not the one speaking right now, but the other man, um, came to see me in Panto this week. Saw the man. You lovely man. You surprised me. Oh, yes. Yes. We did. We did. It was a trio of, of fun to be had. Um, and we came and surprised you on a Saturday evening and... Then we got you drunk. <laughs> Huzzah! Oh, it's lovely, dear listeners. Oh. Finished a three-show day, which is knackering. Um, and yet, still full of beans. The energy in that second. The energy you put out on that stage is very impressive, I must say. And you're so good with the kid audience. Oh, they're so, you're so good with them. Um, oh, it's it's easy. Just throw in a Fortnite reference and you've got a meeting at the palm of your hand. Oh, they're, um, they're, they're, yeah, you're good with those kids. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. my, that's my Bible. Funnily enough, that's been my rule for 10 years, which is weird. <laughs> um, What's a Fortnite? Yeah, oh, thank you very much. No, it was really sweet. I, I finished the third show and I uh, suddenly looked down to my phone as I was getting back into my civilian clothes. Yes. And saw a text from lovely Matthew saying... Great show, Cockle. See you outside stage door for a pint. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? See you You then. were out there? And I should have known you were out there because it was a really... Charlie described it as a really me joke. Yes, there's a very made, you joke in that. That made you cackle. And I heard in oh. the green room an audience member cackle at that point. I was like, that's really funny. Someone really got that. I'm quite happy about that because it's a bit of a... This one that sort of gets missed. Well, two audience members, to be clear... Oh god, the two of you cacophonying with your oh yeah, me your and, cockerel cackles. Me and Charlie both got a right giggle out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, um, I, uh, <laughs> it's hilarious because um, 
spoiler alert for our listeners, I might have had something to do with the writing of this show. Um, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, several jokes told by the Seven Dwarves, who are kid performers, uh, sort of go... And I'm not saying this in like a, oh, no one notices them, but like, they'd sort of go unnoticed because I think the audience are more just like, oh, look at the kids, they're adorable. Look yeah. at their costumes. And there's just sort of lots of, when you're on stage with the dwarves, you kind of notice when they're speaking, the audience are more just sort of smiling and going, oh, children. Um, which is a shame because I gave them a couple of lines that are really freaking weird. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> like that are really weird and I meant to make you go, oh. I mean, at one point they described someone as a rando, which I was, I'm delighted staying Yeah, in. it's good. It's um, good. But yeah, there's a, there's a whole, little, there's a whole little bit when they're first surprised by a, a home invader. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were, re- <laughs> oh God, it makes me laugh now because I remember writing that going, that's so stupid. This will never stay in. Go and, <laughs> and see- it stayed in. <laughs> Listeners, go and see the panto just for that gag because I loved it. And um, Bello, Bello and Gaffor. I did. Ntr Lincoln. Co. Uk. I did indeed both Bello and Gaffor. Gallo and Gaffor. Um, but yes, it was lovely. It was lovely to see the three of you. And I, I, I'm assuming you got home safe because uh, uh, yeah, like here right three now, three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we stayed rather longer than we originally intended to. So, uh... well, that one pint suddenly became four. Oops. So, uh... <laughs> Whoops and doodles. Oops. Um, um, but but yeah, and then kebab. Woo. Oh, mate. <laughs> you know how long it's been since I ate some donna meat. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> right. Anyway, on with. The, uh, before we go on, well done, Cocker. It was a great show. Um, oh, bless you, sweet, now, pea. sweet pea. Let's talk about nonsense. Um. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, you texted me just before we started recording. With a link, <laughs> and you said you should watch this, and it's the Kingdom Hearts three final battle trailer, which I'd seen pop up a couple of days ago, but I was like, oh, I'm not, mm, no. And then I watched it, and now I'm like, what? I what? thought it was our. I thought it would be our duty to at least acknowledge this final I, bit of marketing before the January 2019 release I, of Kingdom I, Hearts three, a long-awaited uh, sequel for many a gamer and and many a. Uh, Avid gamer and fan of the PS2 generation. I just, um, I don't understand I, it. <laughs> well, I thought I thought we better cover it because we first covered Kingdom Hearts in one of our earliest episodes. Yeah, Jesus, and I said which, it was never going to come out. Yeah, the title was Kingdom Hearts Three is never coming out. It's never going to come out. Now it's a couple of years later, and Kingdom Hearts Three is coming out. But, shut up! Um, shut up! It isn't. It isn't. I almost fucking wish it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh god! Right, so I, I, I'm not huge on my Japanese games. Like, I, it, it's, I have a weird disconnect with the delivery, even in sort of the dubs. It's not necessarily the delivery of the character speech or anything. It's, it's pacing and stuff like that. Same reason why I'm not huge on manga. And uh, no, I'm, I'm alright with manga. Sorry, I'm not huge on anime. Mm. Um, I get why people love it, and and it's an art form, and it's a very specific thing. And great, that's fantastic. But it's just never spoken to me. I've always felt a little disconnected from it slightly. Yeah. Um, I get you. Uh, and and as such, I mean, even even games like Resident Evil, I've had a weird little disconnect from. Do you know what I mean? Well, people remember the particularly the PlayStation One Resident Evils as being better than they are. Oh yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. That's probably why that's the thing. It's it's weird. It's like things like that have stopped me really diving into like Metal Gear and stuff. It's so strange. Um, oh man, don't, don't be besmirching Metal Gear. Oh no, I'm not besmirching at all. Podcast, I... On this fine podcast. Oh no, this, which what podcast? Um, these, 
these um these uh you know that stuff reaches her occasionally i was a kid at the nexus point of pokemon and it was just the perfect meeting of age and 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 you know movie and show and card games that i fell in love with pokemon and then about three or four years ago netflix a bunch of episodes and went god this is hideous oh it's still not love the games well. it's not aged well it's Those games still pretty great, so though. bad the games are amazing. I love them. And to the point where that is still inbuilt and, and seeing the Detective Pikachu trailer of the week made me go, I am so happy and I don't know why I'm this happy. I think it's because it's reaching into a part of my soul that connects to a very specific part of my childhood. Because you've got to catch them all, Chris. Pocketmon. Pocket monsters. Pocket monsterium. But when you're a young child, especially a teen, you sort of imprint on stuff that you come into contact with a lot. And as a teen, I realized how much I love Disney. And then Kingdom Hearts came out on PlayStation. And I was like, wait, a game where you can visit the Disney World? Sign me the fuck up, sailor boy, laddie mm. Jim. That first game is... Mm. It's good. See, I, I, you see, I, I... Are you ready for this? Uh-oh. I agree when I was 13. Oh, no. I revisited it in 2013. Oh, with the, no. The 1.5 HD release for the PS3. Oh, no. And I found myself getting really frustrated with it. I was having fun, but I was like, hmm, yep, the anime pacing is here in all the cutscenes. That weird lingering thing. Everything every character says is some form of like postulating on the nature of the heart and being a good person. And there's not there's not just dialogue in this. Like all of it is speechifying disguised as conversations. It's so strange. Um no, But then I realized so I got to certain bits and I was just like I'm really stuck now. I don't know where I'm meant to go. Where the hell was I meant to go? You know, you put it down one night and you go back to it two nights later and go, hang on, where am I meant to go now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you explore every possible avenue. And it is a big, it's a, it's a very common trait of Japanese games, especially JRPGs, I find. Well, RPGs in general, um, not even just <clears throat> Japanese style ones. Oh, aye, but I, but I feel the Western ones do give you that tiny helping hand slightly. Oh yeah, modern times. ones have a proper yeah. quest log, I guess. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, particularly yeah. Bethesda style ones. Yeah, for, for time for time saving reasons, and, I, and it's not that they're holding your hand per se. I think it's because they're going, yeah. Oh, sorry, you've been away. You've had real life stuff to deal with for a couple of days. Don't worry, you were looking for this magical egg. All oh, right, great. I need to go over there then. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like a little reminder. King of Hearts doesn't the have that egg? Um, magical yolk. Magic. <laughs> you're such a yoker. And magical albumen. <laughs> um, so, albumen, the egg-based superhero. So, oh, there is nice. that. So, uh, there's a weird disconnect. Now, I love Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2 growing up. I even picked up the PS... Uh, no, I picked up the, the DS, the, the Nintendo DS title. Oh, that would... Fr- That's 3-7-something... 3 over days. 2 days. That's the one. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem with Kingdom Hearts is the lore. Oh, yes, it is. It's a very simple idea on the surface. Something evil spreading throughout all these different worlds, and you're a kid who's been given this weapon to go and, like, prevent that evil from contaminating each world. You go from world to world, along the way, maybe figure out who's doing it and why. Great premise. Prevent the evil, Chris. Yeah. Bonus. All the characters you meet are... Bonus. Bonus everywhere. You will learn to laugh at the Joker's boner. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, bonus- it's all crooked. <laughs> oh, God. So the characters you, like, meet and interact with all have boners, and, um, but they're all from... Oh, wow. They're all variations of... Uh, or They're like alternate dimension versions of Final Fantasy characters. So it's the Final Fantasy characters, but they're, you know, not, obviously not following the path of their story. Um, 
It's like Into the Spider-Verse. And ah. the, indivi- the individual worlds, for the most part, are worlds based on Disney. So there's sort of a sole implication that you're that this darkness is interrupting these tales as old as time. Because sometimes you step into the middle of the story of the Disney movie and this stuff starts to invade it. Hmm. Or sometimes it's set after the Disney movie and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, it's just fan service in an interesting, super fast combat RPG. Like, it's from a series and, and a studio that normally made turn-based RPGs. This was now yeah. suddenly, oh no, when you're fighting, you're fighting in real time. Keep moving, motherfucker, or you're going to get killed. Although that being so, said, um, Square, uh, Square Enix definitely had started to move in more of a real-time direction from Final Fantasy uh, 11 onwards, so that was kind of yeah, contemporaneous I, I, I with think, the development of, of Kingdom I think, Hearts. I think 10.2 had a timer element as well, didn't it? So yeah. it was sort of like, it and was then, making sure that you couldn't just sit there and figure out your strategy, you had to like, well, think on your feet. Uh, Final Fantasy games have had that, so they call they call it an active time battle, where it's an action gauge that fills up, so the time is ticking along in the battle, you can't just wait there and take turns. And that's yeah. been a thing since Final Fantasy 4. In various forms, so um, yeah, they've been experimenting with mixing turn-based and real-time uh, battle systems for years and years and years and years. But yeah, King, that, that King, was the Kingdom most... Hearts was like their first like, you've got to react now, quick, run, leap. Wasn't it? it? it was I mean, like it was it was first, almost yeah. like a character action game. Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a, a uh, oh god, what's it called? A hack, uh, uh, not hack and slash. What the hell are they called? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, hack and slash, <clears throat> a brawler. Uh, uh, a brawler, that's the one. It's almost like a brawler, but with some strategy elements. Like you have to te- you teach yourself or customize shortcut prompts in your controller. <coughs> so you can do certain things. And, you know, you're fighting alongside Goofy and Donald, and it's great. So they say, you know, years back, oh, there's going to be a third one, and it'll close it off. It's been like 12 years since they first said it. It's been a long time. Sora has to be noticeably a little bit older now because Haley Joel Osment does not sound the same as he did when he was a kid. He's a man. Yeah, a man with a baby's face. Um, <laughs> he is. <coughs> he has a child's face on a man's head. It's so strange. The face of a child. And um, but yeah, and listening to the tra- this is the first trailer where it's all prominently English speaking and various characters now. Like we've had a couple of English speaking trailers, but not many. Yeah. Um, and it there he is. There's Haley Joel Osment and Sora, and it, it's like, oh no, it, yeah, it just sounds like Sora, just a little older. That's great. This is brilliant. <coughs> oh, there's Mickey. We hear Mickey talking. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know fucking clue what this game's about. I have, I have no idea what's going on in this trailer. It's... And I think I think this trailer commits every crime that all of their previous trailers do, which is they expect you, the casual viewer who's seeing this in their YouTube subscription or suggestion feed, mm-hmm. to remember every fucking thing that's happened in mm-hmm. every Kingdom Hearts game ever. There are people who don't know that there are more than two games so far. Because... You'd have to own like five different platforms to play them all. Oh, until point. recently, yeah. Until, until recently, recently, there's been the re-release, but even then, like, there's there was a mobile game that was out for a while that's no longer available, and it's just like, yeah, I think there's a version of that on the first Kingdom Hearts remaster. Yeah. Oh, the oh, the, yeah. Uh, oh, the one for PS4. I think that's I think, re- I think that's recoded. That might. Oh, it might be. I have no um, idea though because <clears throat> don't it's not exactly like the naming scheme is. Fucking... Well, that's the thing that they they re-released one and two um, on PS3 over the last six years, 
with the HD remasters and a bunch of extra bits, including some of the other games like compartmentalized. And one of them's just like the FMV sequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> oh god! And then um, they released one and two one more time on PS4. I think it's called Kingdom Hearts: The Collection. Mm-hmm. The idea is here it is, guys. If you want to catch up or, or reminisce or revisit before number three, here's all you need: get this game, and you can play all of them. That'd be great. <clears throat> then three months later, oh by the way, here's a prequel to three. <laughs> like, wait, what? Hang on. Two point eight. <laughs> oh god, I know. Just it's ridiculous. Yeah. These trailers are so poorly edited, and they focus on the wrong damn thing. Yeah, and it's so weird. It's it's such an odd thing. It's I don't know how to describe it. It'd be like it'd be like doing a trailer for uh, let's say Infinity War, right? Like yes. Avengers Infinity War from yes. earlier this year. But like doing a trailer for that movie, but what your trailer shows. Is just random reaction shots of the characters and them all giving sound bites on how they're feeling about a certain situation, but you don't see any footage of that situation. And the trailer isn't built up in a way as to show you that. So, oh, Black Widow looks pensive. Why does she look pensive? I'm we're going to heard... linger on her face for a moment. Oh, now we've moved away. Now we've got laughing Thor. Why is Thor laughing? What's that about? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Now Peter Dinklage is giving a speech about being a member of Organization 13 and the no! Keyblade will be wielded by... It's just, just like, what is this? I don't... What the fuck? Like, it just needs to establish, here's your clear plot. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what this it is, is the Chris, final. Ch- here's your clear plot. It. Here's the final chapter. Go. Some of the worlds look amazing. The Rapunzel tangled, like stuff looks incredible like those 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 um landscapes and, and that the portal bit where like the pathways skirting up into the sky and all that stuff um the pirates the caribbean stuff based on on world's end looks really cool like the way it's been rendered um the pixar characters are definitely uh the the the, <clears throat> the, the ones with the advantage here because they were born of computer animation, and as such, yes. Square Enix have translated them beautifully. Um, but I just don't care, and it's no, weird because no. I know, I know, I know friends and, and and followers and stuff who are really excited, and I'm like, I, I think I used to be, yeah. But I'm looking at this trailer, I'm like, this just looks like a hot mess of confusion. That being said, stitches are summoned, so. Yes, that I noticed that. Everything. That was quite. That was quite nice. That could make everything better. I was like down every, not, with that. Down to clown with Ohana, because Ohana means family, oh. and family means nobody gets left behind. So, mm. Kingdom Hearts three. We retract our previous statement. It is coming out. It is coming out. But they were so preoccupied wondering whether or not they could. They didn't stop to think whether they should. What should people be doing with their time, Matt? Specifically on streaming services. Um, well, you should get yourself along to uh, the streaming service colloquially known and also officially known as Netflix. And you should watch a little TV series that came out um, uh, end of September, beginning of October. Uh, but I've only just finished it called The Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House. Based on the, well, loosely based on the novel of the same name by Shirley Jackson, which has also previously been adapted as uh, the movies The Haunting in 1963, 
which is regarded as a classic in its own right, and The Haunting in 1999, you know, the one with Liam Neeson, which is not regarded as a classic in its own right. This place Um, is pretty spooky. (laughs) Yes, that's one. Um... I mean, it does have Catherine Zeta-Jones in it being ridiculously flirty, so that's a plus. That's yes. kind of it. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, it's... This is a, a whole new take on it, because it's ten episodes. Um, the episodes vary in length, from 43 minutes uh, to over 70 minutes. Um, and there's a, there's a very good reason for that. <laughs> the, the, the reason being, this show likes to fuck with you. <laughs> It likes to fuck with you and disorient you, and it likes to tug at your heartstrings. So basically, this version of Hill House is about a family who lived in Hill House in the 80s. And it's um, two parents and their five children. So Hugh and Olivia are the parents. Olivia played by Carla Gugino, and Hugh played by... Um, Me? Henry Thomas from E.T. Oh, Elliot so not, from E.T. Hugh, not... Not Hugh, then. Not no, not Hugh. Um, oh, me. And then the five children: uh, Steve, the oldest; uh, Shirley, the Theodora, um, and the twins, Luke and Nell, who are the babies. Um, they they're a family that goes around. They flip houses, so they go in, live in a house, fix it up, sell it on for a profit, and that's what they do. Oh, okay. and Hill House is their latest project. Um. Hopefully, and they're hoping it's going to be the last one so they can move to their forever home. Um, But there's weird shit going on at the house, and one night, uh, the Hugh takes his children, bundles them in the car, not telling them what's going on, and he drives off, and their mum never comes out of the house. And then it switches between that and 20 years later, when all the kids are grown up and variously estranged and either successful or not, and or embittered or whatever, and no one talks to Hugh anymore and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and it sort of, it flits between the flashback and the present day, sort of explaining what happened in the house that led to that night where they all... Um, Buggered off. Where they all escaped from the house, so to speak, and what is bringing them, what he feels like is bringing them back to them now. Um, it is... Absolutely a character-driven um, drama, but it is also very, very spooky. <laughs> and it's you know it's it's got the jump scares, like it does have that. No I th- doubt. I think I, th- I think I think any horror that's on for like ten odd hours at a time needs to have some stuff to yeah, it, to, yeah, too per- right. to, to sort of perk you up, make you go, oh, bugger. Too right. Um, <clears throat> but what it doesn't really do um, is it doesn't. It doesn't rely on jump scares to um, carry to, sort, it. to sort of carry it. It actually yeah. does a lot of very slow, very deliberate um, sort of reveals or teases. It doesn't overdo the like the. There's no scare chords and stuff like that. It doesn't overdo that stuff. Um, it's very, very good at building tension and building tension. And you don't always know if that tension's going to pay off. So it really does like to fuck with you. Um, the performances are all incredible. Um, you've got uh, 
I can't remember everyone's name, but Michael Huseman is the present day Steve. Uh, Kate Siegel's present day Theodora. Um, and but all those actors whose names I cannot recall and I'm not looking up right now. Um, <laughs> they are fabulous in this and they really... And also from a filmmaking point of view, the way that there's it flits between the flashbacks and the present day stuff um, is stunning. There's one... <coughs> oh, Please don't die. I'm a fan of your work. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there's one episode which is made up pretty much entirely of long takes. Like, so it's a full episode, and like this, it's full of like 10 minute plus takes um, with very few obvious cuts. Uh, and there's lots of sequences in that particular episode, but throughout the show as a whole, where it'll be a single take um, floating camera, the camera moving around, and it'll pan from present day to flashback and then back to present day without any obvious cuts sort of in one sort of children of men style camera take and there's lots of that stuff going on and there's also lots of detail in the environments lots of hidden creepiness and the uh, the stuff that hits you full 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 force and uh, is out on display for everyone to see is just brilliantly designed it's a gorgeous looking tv show um and it'll it'll make you sad it'll make you do a little i got i'll I got a little sad in that last episode well all through the show actually it's um <clears throat> little weepy little weepy by there eyes. is some there is some harrowing stuff in this show um so yeah don't come expecting like conjuring style stuff come expecting slow burn uh, but very, very atmospheric, very creepy stuff with just really going to make you care about its characters, even if they do spend most of the show fucking arguing. <laughs> There's a point in the show where I was like, I, I don't think I can watch any more of this because all they're doing is arguing. They're just arguing, but it all pays off. It's worth it. They're um, making me sad. Mother, father, stop shouting. So yeah, check out The Haunting of Hill House. It's horror with a heart. Um, heart, and also something I saw recently with a heart that you saw last week that I finally caught up on Spider-Man <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse Into the Spider-Voices oh it's I'm going to echo a lot of what you said last week and say it's very good <laughs> it's pretty damn great might be one it? of the be- it's the best animation I've seen this year for sure um, it may well be one of the best animations I've seen. Period. I mean, that style is it's... stunning. I've never, I've never seen anything quite like it, and it is a, it's a beautiful looking film. Like, it's it, gorgeous. The, the art style that, and the way <clears throat> the art styles they choose to use, and the way they blend them. And the way they're completely unafraid to go full out with um, very, very uh, impressive visuals. Like, no... There's no uh, messing around here. It is full-on... Full-on madness in parts. Towards the end, it's just utter carnage going on. Oh, my God. I think think we'll make it clear from this point, guys. If you've not seen Into the Spider-Verse... Expect spoilers from this point on. Uh, here we go. 
Um, All right, let's get into some. Let's get into some spoilers. You're um, right. That that collider fight at the end. It's just chaos. It's just this visual like bloodbath of cartoon inks and like CGI textures, but everything has its own style and as such is immediately identifiable. It is truly, <clears throat> it is truly, truly a beautiful, beautiful film, and not just visually. It's got the heart that all Spider-Man stuff, the best Spider-Man stuff does. People often forget just how, just how human and vulnerable Spider-Man is as a character, uh, both in his Peter Parker and Miles Morales incarnations. Also, this is going to be a lot of people's first experience with Miles, and. Mm. I mean, I I was never against the idea of Spider-Man as a legacy character anyway. Um, I think that's the way to go with all long-running characters eventually. And uh, I was was on board with Miles Morales from the start, but I think this has... It set out his stall as a character and gone, okay, this is Spider-Man. Yeah, he's not Peter Parker. Slightly different origin, but this is as engaging as valid as um exciting and as sympathetic a spider-man as there has ever been yeah and it's just the watching that character grow and then getting to see him on the big screen as well as the you know you're all you're old school peter parker and also seeing them do uh, like a washed up middle-aged peter and and going and going sort of going that being that brave to take one of their beloved characters and really put them through the ringer and take the shine off them, you know, take the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Take the, uh, the, the adoration, look at them through a, a, a clear lens rather than that sort <clears throat> yeah. of filter of this is a hero and he's a special person. I mean, he is, but, um, he, his heart is totally in the right place and it is definitely the same, well, it's not the exact same, but it's the same man that we all know and the but character just... we all know. But he's not in a good place. It's the roughest version of that character, the 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 the, the most down on his look we've ever seen him. I think. And um, Parker, Parker looked to the extreme. Yeah, and that's... right down to crying in the shower in full costume. That's something that's we've not seen before. So that and Miles and uh, if there's any naysayers about Miles Morales after this. I will be shocked, and I think it was I think it was Movie Bob's review who said uh, who posited that there is going to be an outcry for both Miles and Spider Gwen to join the MCU. Pretty fucking sharpish. Mm, like yeah. people are going to want MCU <clears throat> versions of those characters because in this they are both so well done. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Sort of beautiful way to do them. They 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 just. They leap from the page, and it's and yeah. it's a testament to how how interesting those characters are as well. Like aside from the execution of them in this, how well those characters have been received, and how brilliantly they would been conceived. Because Miles is only seven years old in terms of how long that character's been around. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. and Spider Gwen is is not even four yet. Do you know what I mean? But, but those, they, they've, yeah, they have they had such a clear vision on how to. How to adapt them, how to utilize them in this story, and also how to connect them to the message of this film. But it's also it it 
comes back to the genius of the original Spider-Man concept. Yeah. Of of Stan having that thought of, I want to create a character that could be the reader. Like, everyone knows that, everyone knows Spider-Man as Peter Parker, or most people know part Spider-Man as Peter Parker. But the real genius of that character and why it landed in the first place was that it was a character who was this flawed, all-too-human teenager who got these powers and found themselves in a... Um, Heap of trouble. In a, in, in, a, in, a, in a, an amazing situation that they weren't equipped to deal with, but they did it anyway because <clears throat> they had the moral fortitude to know that, that was what they had to do. Mm. They, um, they had to learn the hard way, but they yeah. learnt, they definitely learned that lesson and then stuck to it. But it came, um, but yeah. it came, it came from such a normal origin that the reader could slot themselves into that role. And I think having different characters pick up that mantle in a way that we've not really seen in a lot of superhero media outside of comics. Like, I can't think of many uh, superhero movies that are about legacy characters uh, and picking up after older characters. I, I'm sure there are some, but none are coming to mind right now. Like, um, I mean, closest get... I can think of is is sort in, in a way um, the Incredibles, but it's not about picking up a mantle. It's no. about the the effects of the next generation. You get it in things like um, in some really rubbish ones, like the Phantom with Billy Zane <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, the cl- I can it's similar to the um, again they don't do anything with it because they never made any more of them, but the. Uh, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character in Dark Knight Rises taking up the I, the idea of him taking up the mantle of Batman after Bruce Wayne retires. Yeah, um, and Batman's always seemed like a character you could you could so easily do that with, but no yeah. one's ever gone there because everyone's so afraid to move away from the Bruce Wayne thing. And I think this is an important film in a couple of ways. One being that it does, um, I think, make more popular in in culture as a outside of comics, the idea of a legacy character and that mantle being multiple people over a period of time. Um, and also, I I don't think it's a coincidence that we've had so many socially conscious genre and superhero movies uh, this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, like this and Black Panther uh, make a hell of a double bill in terms of... Um, representation and empowerment of uh, what in, in in this country at least are uh, uh, minorities um, and I think there's a definite shift in the way that filmmakers are approaching that stuff and this is this year I think has been a real step forward in that um, I think you've got, the, you've got this you've got Black Panther you've got Spike Lee uh, <clears throat> Pardon me, uh, Spike Lee's uh, Black Klansman. Uh, I hear amazing things about. Um, Sorry to bother you. Yes, yeah, me yes, too. Um, which I need to see because uh, that's not really gotten a wide. It has got a wide release over here, but it's been so poorly publicised. I'm not even sure where it's playing or when it's playing. Um, but yeah, I in think your it, mind, in my mind, but your I mind theatre. I do think it's been a really important year for a lot of that stuff and an exciting time going into next year, seeing what we've got coming down the pipe um, and beyond uh, as those properties sort of build steam and those filmmakers and actors and writers all um, 
get esteem from those projects. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it's an interesting and exciting time, I think. Um, and this is at the, the spearhead of it. And it also helps that it's just a gorgeous film and a lot oh, of fun. Oh, it's stunning, isn't it? Visually. <clears throat> the, the, and, and just tonally. The, the core yeah, message. Yeah, yeah. The core message is like you say, but the one that got me, the one that made me like roll a tear in the cinema was get up. Mm. Get back up. Again. And, and I've noticed that seems there's been two... Well, there's been three big Spider-Man related projects out this year, but there's been two... Uh, recently that have really struck a chord with people and that's been Spider-Verse and Spider-Man for PS4 and that's been the message of both projects yeah you just get right, back right down to the final trailer for the for Spider-Man PS4 the one where he, it's the, the the movie style one where he's like falling from the building and you see yeah, him yeah. be beat down the message is is get up and it's just like oh my god yeah and it's 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 you know personified in the final part of the confrontation at the end of this movie yeah and it's phenomenally done, and it's, and, and it's again, heartbreaking it, and beautiful. It's so that's good. such a, that's such a core part of <clears throat> Spider-Man as a character. Like even beyond him being, again, beyond him, it's a, it's a, it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for again? It um, <sighs> surpasses him being Peter Parker. It's it's more, yeah. It's more. It's even more central to the character than that. Is um, a young person who's not ready for these powers, getting these powers and trying their hardest and always getting up. Mm. It's one of Spider-Man's most um, most recognisable and most admirable traits is that he just does not give up. Just um, carries on, yeah. It's, like it, it's, it's the, the whole Master Planner scenario has been a backbone of that character yeah. ever since then and it's just... And it's present here and... and Oh god! I, I mean, let's okay. Let's get into some juicy, juicy, juicy and, goodness, and spoiler juicy goodness. stuff that we that I couldn't talk to you about last week, but now I can. Yes. Um, holy <laughs> shit, Doc Ock! Oh, very, very good. That was such um, a nice surprise. They kept it out of all the marketing, and then when she drops her name, <clears throat> you're like, "Oh, Ace!" And again, it's they've like, not Olivia, they've... Olivia Octavius. And you're just like, yes. "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's like. Oh shit! Yeah, we're in a different dimension, and the fact <laughs> like, that they're not beholden to any other version of that character. Yeah, it's like, sort okay. Of, there's sort yeah. of like nods to, um, like there's like nods to, uh, uh, to, to, to the, I can't remember. This one character mentioned something like, "What's your deal?" Then you got the I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Peter Parker to Scorpion briefly sort of mentioned something. Yeah, it's like a throwaway line. It's like, oh, that's new. So there's nods that, yeah, these characters are different from the ones we know, but that's fine. Because in this dimension, this is just how they are. And it's like, okay. So Scorpion's got big biomechanical legs that sprout out into Scorpion legs. And is also, like, um, Spanish. And, yes. And, like, gruff and uh, a hulk. And, so you uh, get, like, bits of the ultimate Scorpion <clears throat> in there. Bits of regular Scorpion. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, Ultimate Scorpion was uh, a Parker clone, wasn't he? He was uh, he was in the Clone Saga. That's where he appeared. Oh no, there was another one after in early miles. Oh shit, was it? In oh, that'll be that'll be that'll be yeah. Matt Gargan then. That'll be Matt Gargan. Yeah, and I was going to say because was... when he first rocked up, he was just a very brief character. He's he's the he was like the Kane at the beginning yeah. briefly yeah, yeah. of of the Clone Saga. It was like, what the hell's this thing? But yeah, so like the idea of it being bio bioengineering as opposed to just a costume. And, yeah. uh, and 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 then um, Doc Ock. Obviously, they've sort of gone the route of. Um, Lady Ock or, or the Doc Ock of 2019, 2099, 
but they mostly did that to surprise you because they're like, oh, we know some of you guys sat here like think you know what's going on. But well, nope, surprise motherfuckers, a new Doc Ock, here you go. Yeah, yeah, um, very good Green- version of that character as well. The Green Goblin's sort of a hybrid between the Ultimate version and yeah. the uh, and the Goblin Knight slash Hobgoblin from recent Dan Slott Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, you know, wings and, and stuff. And, and again, that's cool. It was like hearing him call him Norman made me really excited because I was like, yay, we're seeing Norman Osborn as the fucking Goblin in a movie again. This yeah. makes me happy. Good times. It's been so long since we've had this. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that there was this big dragon-like creature but he's still got his big purple hat and a bag full of pumpkin bombs. I love yes. that. Very um, good. Tombstone. Yes. Just chucking Tombstone in Why there not? as Kingpin's as Kingpin's enforcer. Um, that was amazing. Uh, we, Hammerhead Hammerhead appeared on a wanted poster as well, which I quite like. So can we talk about poster? Can we talk about Kingpin for a moment? <laughs> Let's talk about Kingpin. Let's talk about Lee Schreiber. Oh my! Hamming days. it up to play like just big tough guy voice like this. It's with an emotional core. <laughs> He's a house. He's a brick shit. He's the size of a house. (laughs) And he's just, he's just square. That was the one choice I've seen other people sort of go, that one was jarring to me. And I get it. He's the only one who's a human in this main universe for the story, who is an unbelievable proportion. But as a stylistic choice, I think it works really well. Because also, he's the main villain of the film. Yes. So, like, you don't want to feel like after you've seen, you know, a version of Doc Ock with like air-filled freaking plastic tentacles, which is really cool, and um, and you know, dragon-like Green Goblin. You don't want to feel like the Kingpin's, uh, you know, a limp villain after them. No, no. So he no. needed to be physically imposing. Um, but it was just the fact that they banked on people having inv- people having invested in the character recently because of Daredevil, and they chuck in family connections. Mm-hmm. So his entire motivation is very believable, and this is what I was saying last week. It's it, it was it was sort of an adaptation of Spider Man Two, because the plot of Spider Man Two, the the, yes. the the comic series, is that the six six sixteen, so the main Marvel Universe, Miles Morales, who was there before Miles crossed over, uh, was a criminal enforcer and and a like massive um sort of you know uh, tech mogul slash. You know, uh, who was sort of brought into it all by Wilson Fisk after helping him out once in prison in yes. his early days, and <clears throat> he's hijacking. He's using Taskmaster, Taskmaster, to hijack Mysterio's technology from Spider Man so that he can cross dimensions to find one where his wife isn't dead. Yes, and and yes, is yes, alive yes, yes. and doesn't have a him. So, like when when I realized what Fisk was doing in this with the collider, I was like shit that's from that mm-hmm. but it, it, there's more of an emotional weight to it here because you know we've all spent the last few years watching daredevil on netflix so to find out that he not only got with vanessa but then lost her is really like oh god no i feel kind of bad for kingpin now but also please don't break dimensions you fucking monster um god what prowler's terrifying oh uh, yeah the um the sound of that, mm. the, uh, the the sort of guitar uh, growl, yeah, that's in there is oh, it's and terrifying. You, you it's feel terrifying. frightened. You feel frightened for Miles because the film yeah. constantly reminds you that Miles is like a fourteen-year-old kid. It constantly reminds you of that. So when he's being chased by this relentless motherfucker in a cape with these like spiky freaking gauntlets on, who's not stopping, like you're scared for his life. 
Yeah. And, and obviously, I like, and definitely us too. And I imagine, obviously, another chunk of the audience are spending that going, oh God, when are they going to unmask him? Yeah. When are they going to reveal yeah, it? And yeah, when they yeah. do it, it's done so well. Um, I think Uncle Aaron and, uh, and and Jefferson, like I think the way that all that stuff's handled with Miles' dad and his uncle and stuff is is a great version of it. It's a really great version of it. Um, question. Yes. When the main universe Peter Parker was first unmasked after his death. Yes. Which was brilliant because it was like, oh my God, that is actually really brutal. I didn't expect his death yeah, to be they really went there beating and... him into the ground until he's not breathing anymore. Yeah. Um, but when they took the mask off and the blonde hair came out, for a split second, were you going, Ben Riley? Ben Riley, yeah. Are, are, we, going, <laughs> yeah. are we going Ben Riley here? What's that, going on? I, 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 my <clears> mind <throat> went there. Um, and, but you the, know, the, they could have done it, but then it's just, it's just convoluting the, the, it, it's there, it's there like, to reinforce the idea that, hey, you know the Spider-Man you all know, like the Maguire one or the Holland one or whatever, that's not going to be in this movie. Yeah. We're showing you that this story plays out a million different ways. And you're about to find out a bunch, which I thought was really, really good. Like that blonde hair was just enough of a disconnect to mm. make you go, oh, oh, it's not Peter. But like, I, it was totally fan service, wasn't it? It was oh, like, yeah, how do we sh- how do we show that and give everyone a kick? Oh, it's Ben Riley, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah voiced yeah, by yeah. Chris Pine. Did you stick through the credits? Oh boy, did I stick through the credits. <laughs> so you heard his Christmas single? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. That's amazing. I love the fact that they just went, hey, Chris Pine. Here's some lyrics. Then just sing whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I love the fact that he just gives up on it at the end. But that's the single. Like, that's the record. <laughs> it's so good. It's funny as fuck. Oh, um, God, that really got me. Uh, Aunt May is wonderful. Oh, yes. Like, basically basically playing on Ultimate Aunt May kind yes. of vibe. Um, which I thought was really, really nice. Um, I'm glad she didn't alert Mary Jane. I think Mary Jane had to stay out of this story to a point. Yeah, um, I mean there was just, a, there just was so we could focus on just so we could keep yeah just so we could keep it as Miles' story. Yeah, um, but I do love that little scene in the uh, the the benefit oh, yeah. gala because it was so sweet. It was like oh god, and the fact that she sort of addresses the city. I love the fact they go with the ultimate Spider-Man idea that after he dies, everyone knows who he is and it's acknowledged, and the city sort of is like, yeah, no, he did a good thing. Again, reinforcing the idea of like the mask's not a bad idea. Like the person behind that mask is there to, like, do good things, and it could be anyone. And she, I mean, she straight up says it. Um, Stan Lee's message of, like, anyone could be Spider-Man oh. is, is literally reinforced because he sells knockoff costumes to people. His cameo was lovely, and I love the fact that it was sentimental and sweet, and then a really smarmy, like, joke about how he's ripping people off. Which I thought was great. Yeah. It's still not, it knocked the wind out of me, that cameo. It really it did. Made, it, it made me go, oh. Just, it, just go, hearing his made, voice was just like, yeah. oh. And then oh. made me go, ha. <laughs> yes. After, it was, it was, yeah, it was a great caveat. And such a funny delivery. I, I, I watched um, Once Upon a Deadpool last week. And, oh, yes. Um, and it, uh, here, here you go, guys. Here's my Once Upon a Deadpool segment. Uh, it's fine. Um, when it's available on digital, pick it up. It's a fun alternate version. You can watch it with your younger brothers and sisters. Uh, all the Princess Bride stuff is really funny. But uh, two really nice touches were when Domino's um, parachuting in uh, to to the convoy. And that's where Stan's cameo was in the movie. It was a big graffiti of Stan Lee on, on the side of a building. Yeah. They've added an RIP to it. 
That was oh. a really nice touch. That was a really nice touch. But then after the credits, they showed a, f- a mini featurette about two minutes long of just a, f- a stand interviews that he's obviously done for or with Fox over the years. Um, where he talks about like, you know, how he, he he never wanted to like be a, be, you know, sort of an icon of, of a medium. He just wanted to pay his bills and he hoped that people enjoyed the stuff he liked enough to, you know, buy it and keep a roof over his head. And it's a featurette that so was quite sweet because it essentially just focused on the humble idea of, yeah, this was a jobbing guy who didn't want to do this, but obviously found a way to tell his stories through it. And then it went from there. And the featurette begins with a couple of outtakes and alternate takes from, do you remember the um, the short film they released about a year and a half ago, which uh, was the, te- the teaser trailer for Deadpool yes. 2, essentially. And yeah, and that, the one where Stanley makes a cameo and goes like, Hey, nice suit! He goes, Zip it, Stanley! <laughs> um, they just showed some alternate... The featurette begins with like three alternate takes of that. Where he's like, Hey, where's the webs? Or something like that. It's just like, this is great. Like, what a brilliant little like <sighs> gem to just go, Here you go, guys. And uh, Stanley didn't create Deadpool, but we just want to show that we love and miss him. Here's a featurette. And it was like, that is so cool. Here's to Stan. So, um, but yeah. but And Stan and Steve's card in the mid-credits yes. for uh, Spider-Verse was, was beautiful. And then it was, it was Stan really and Steve. Yes. Very important. <clears throat> that was, it was very, very sweet. Let's talk post-credits. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Oscar Isaac. Um, Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. The Spider-Man of 2099. Uh, who's already investigating um, a dimensional tear. Yep. And oh, I'm trying to what his computer's called now. Is it Ellie? Something like that. It's a, uh, it's his, a lady's name. His computer basically says to him, like, yeah, the, the, the fault line that we were tracing seems to have been contained. That Earth's um, Spider-Man has, 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 you know, uh, locked it up. It's like, amazing. Oh, fantastic. Right. But we still need to... Like, they, they basically suggest the very end of the movie, the last shot of the movie, and this post credit suggests that they're going down the Web Warriors route yeah. of if they want to tell more stories. That story is, there's a couple of things we need to sort first, and now a few of us are able to get together to do it. Um, Which I, I'm sort of wary of, because it might wear off the novelty a little bit. But if you told it from someone else's perspective and had Miles be the draw, like how this one was Miles' story, but to the layman, Peter Parker being funny and weird was the draw. Yeah. Like yeah, if yeah. you if you told like a Spidey 2099 story or, you know, a uh, uh, flipping like Spider-Man India story or something like that, and Miles was was the, the supporting character, I think that would work just as well now because people would be like, oh my God, and Miles is in it as well. I can't wait to see where he goes next. Do you know what I mean? Like you could almost, you could even age him up a couple of years. Make Spider Gwen the main character in the next one. I know we've already seen her, but Oh, she's great though. She's, she's great. Very but, good. but I love the fact that this was suggesting that Miguel O'Hara has been keeping an eye on it and that he needs to go and speak to various spider people from different dimensions. And right, so um Spider-Verse, the comic book series from 2014-2015 that has inspired a few adaptations now including this one yes uh features a few cameos from various television incarnations of Spider-Man and verbally features a cameo uh, or reference to a cameo from Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man as well um but uh, <laughs> meaning that <laughs> whatever those things- Whenever those things get brought up, it's 100% real. Like the Japanese live-action Spider-Man and his giant robot show up during one of the final fights in Spider-Verse in the, <laughs> the comic and beat the shit out of Morlan. Um, it's amazing. And Dan Slott said afterwards, like, yeah, no, that's them. Like, that, that is them. It's This isn't 
you know, this isn't me paying homage to it. That's that Spider-Man from that dem- that Spider-Man who's a you know bloody alien or whatever. Uh, la 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 la. Whatever Japanese um, Spider-Man is, who knows? Yeah, um, nobody knows. <laughs> but then, uh, which is hilarious because then you think, hang on, one of the early parts of Spider-Verse was a prologue where <laughs> Morlin or one of the other inheritors is leaving a dimension, having just feast, had killed the allies and feasted on the life of that dimension Spider-Man. And they're in the Amazing Friends, like, penthouse. Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. he's yeah. surrounded by Spider-Man and the corpses of Spider-Man, Iceman, and uh, Firestar. And yes. you're like, I'm sorry, what? But it's, it's hilarious, and a lot of people really took umbrage with that, but I think it's hilarious, because essentially, um, <laughs> like, the, no more stories are being told... Yeah, no one's no one's doing an amazing friends spin-off book like Yeah, like those sto- that story's done now. So like why chill. not randomly why not randomly be like, hey, guess how that ended? <laughs> like, with them all being killed by a dimension hopping vampire creature. It's very good. It's very good. Um so in that vein, into the Spider-Verse's post credit sequence mm. Mm. has Spider-Man of twenty ninety nine visit a very famous memeable moment from an episode of the 60s Spider-Man cartoon. Earth 67. <laughs> the bit where there's two spiders, the imposter story. I think it's this chameleon story or something like that, isn't it? Where there's an imposter pretending to be Spider-Man. I haven't watched they, enough they, old they Spider-Man conf- cartoon to know. They, but yeah. they confront each other and there's this famous screen of them pointing at each other. <laughs> and... People use it online all the time. They'll, you know, do things like, um, me, I'll never dress that outlandishly. Also me. Like, you know, those kind of captions, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General um, meme stuff, you know. And oh my god, just, just, oh, just, uh, the fact that they replaced the one of the Spider-Man with 2099. In that style as well. In that style, and it's just them yelling at each other, like, stop pointing at me, I'm pointing at you, you're pointing at me. <laughs> it's like, what am I watching? It's very good. It's like very, made, very good. They made you stay after the credits to watch, essentially, a weird gag that goes nowhere. And I, 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 I thought it was weird because I, 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 was, I, was, <clears throat> I was sitting there watching the credits. I knew there was something after the credits. And then in, the, in the credits, I spotted footage from Spider-Man, the animated series, courtesy of, etc., etc. Et I was like, did we see any animated footage in like one of the montages or anything? Yeah, like, there, was definitely, there was definitely things hidden in one of the montages. Yeah. In, in one of them, there's uh, very briefly, apparently, is a screen cap of uh, from an episode of Community where Donald Glover's wearing Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> but which no. is a nice, which is a nice nod because he played, he voiced Miles in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Well, yeah, because um, people and, play, to... and plays yeah. Aaron in uh, Homecoming, heavily suggesting that they're planning in the MCU at some point to do the Miles story. Yes, which yes. is like. Oh my god, Donald Glover is now tied to Spider-Man like yes. in every possible way. Um <laughs> But yeah, then I but I saw that that credit for the animated series footage and was like, hang on. And then the the post credits hit and I was like, oh fantastic. Fantastic. Well, bravo. Bravo. Yeah. That's the best thing Sony have put out for a long time. Um Let's talk. Now that we've now that we've uh, enjoyed our Spider-Verse um appetizer let's get our teeth into the main course of today the fish course um it is hello hello oh i thought you'd gone there <laughs> no, um, no sorry <laughs> i didn't get a groan from my fish course guy so i wonder if you're still there um 
<laughs> Let's talk about Aquaman. Yeah. Which I saw um, uh, last night as of recording this, and you've seen uh, barely a couple of hours ago. Um, I really liked Aquaman. <laughs> did, did you? you? What did you think, Chris? Uh, I mean, I I'll, it, I th- I'll, I'll clarify that. Yeah. I'm not saying it was great, <laughs> but I really liked it. Um, I'll say this. It's definitely, for me, the uh, second best entry in the DCEU. Oh yeah, hands down. Hands I don't. Down. I don't think it's close to Wonder Woman. No, um, n- no. Well, it's, so, it's no. sort of like it's sort of like if Man of Steel had some joy in it. I think that's how I think of it. Like it's 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 a uh, here's my here's my bullet points. The story is a basic adventure swashbuckle Indiana Jones kind of story, weirdly, and yes. it works really well. The script. Is pretty shocking. <laughs> um, the script there are, is dreadful. There are moments, but the script is dreadful. There's like three, maybe four movies sandwiched into one here, <clears throat> and they're all pretty good movies. Yeah, but there's but not they're enough all, room all for all of them. Like yeah. it's, I had a lot of fun with this, and I yeah. think it was having a lot of fun with itself. Like so, this, so, I think this is a movie that was made by people who were like. Yep, we're going to enjoy this. And so they did. And Solidly um, a film I would pick up in a 2 for 15 Blu-ray deal in a year or two's time. <laughs> it's oh, one yeah, of them because, for me. Um, <laughs> again, continuing the theme from uh, Spider-Verse. This is a gorgeous looking film. Like I don't know how much they spent on this, but it looks pretty fucking good. It does. And it, it's, it's, uh, I'll say this. Um... One thing that's uh, jarring to a point is uh, the all the under, underwater stuff can be a bit odd after a while, and I think that's mostly how they've tried to get around the movements of people. Yes, but the yeah, environment yeah. the environments they're in look gorgeous. The costumes for this are great. Like the costumes for this movie are amazing. Yeah, Warner Brothers are clearly no longer afraid <laughs> of doing comics accurate versions of their characters. Oh yeah, and the, what's great about that is the film almost sort of lets you realize that gradually. Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. begins as, here's how it looks, here's how it looks. Oh, wait, hang on, wait, hang on. What the hell are they wearing? What the fuck? Hang on. Mm, uh, okay, now mm, he's bright orange mm, and green. Mm, mm, mm. He's bright orange and green, and Patrick Wilson is wearing a spiky, bloody, Can we, like, silver mug on his face. We've taken a moment to appreciate, and this is part of the reason why I um, loved, I don't know, <laughs> loved, loved's a strong word, but I liked this film so much. There is a moment in which Patrick Wilson underwater, wearing his big shiny silver helmet and armour <laughs> and his big cape looks straight down, almost straight down the barrel of the camera and with a straight face and complete and utter conviction yep. says call me Ocean Master. Yes, he fucking does. And I was just... This film, actually, this film has three instances of characters just blatantly being like, I am the, insert name. This is my comic book name. Call me Black Manta. Oh, Black like, Manta's very good. He's great. He's handled so well. And considering sort of he's considered like, 
he's considered Arthur's like arch and arch nemesis, isn't he? Sort of on the whole, yeah. In the whole, in the whole DC, in the whole DC top trumps kind of thing, people tend to always go, oh, Batman, Joker, Superman, Lex Luthor, you know, Wonder Woman, Cheetah, um, uh, you know, Aquaman, Black Manta, like that. That seems sort of seems to be the pairing, like you know, Flash, Captain Cold, like that. The immediate sort of, oh yeah, yeah them versus yeah. them. Um, considering that, it was kind of cool that they didn't make Black Manta the focus, but they definitely gave him more motivation than any other antagonist in the film. Oh, and he will be back for a sequel. You can bet on that. Oh, oh I guarantee the reason why um, the mid credit sequence suggests that he will be returning. Um, oh, I didn't even stay to stay for the mid credit sequence. You'll have to tell me about that in a second. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you guys. It's, it's fairly spoiler-free, essentially, everybody. Um, but Black Manta uh, survives his encounter with Aquaman. He's picked up on a boat, and then another character uh, finds him, and they sort of talk about finding Aquaman. Um, okay. Yeah, but it, it, it's that whole thing of, I think it would have been... It's When I say a character, I'm not hinting at something bigger. I'm. It's a character that features in this movie. Uh, <clears throat> but I think that scene would have been different, and the character would have been from a previous movie had they been clearly carrying on the DCEU experiment to its fullest. Oh, yeah, I know which exactly lo- which what they would looks, have done with that mid-credit scene. Like, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it looks like it... they're not doing mm. anymore, really. So, Because mm. this film, uh, in terms of the DCEU, yes, it rests in there. It's set after Justice League. And the only acknowledgement to the rest of it is briefly... It is Aquaman having already met Mira. Yes. And Mira going... But you know, you protect this world. You defeated Steppenwolf, and he's like, "Yep, but that's it. I'm done now. Bye." And you're like, "Okay, there's there's our reference, guys." And yep. we're moving on. That's it. That's it. So, so that, it... that's for everybody who's invested still. <laughs> like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 is a good looking film, and I think the thing I was most pleasantly surprised by in that respect was James Wan can direct action. Oh yeah, he can. <clears throat> I mean, we already knew that. Sure. Oh yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, like, sort of p- proper punch-up kind of vibe. It's it's so apparent now. <coughs> I imagine this Fast and the Furious um, film was the thing that maybe helped him uh, develop that. He did numbers, which is the one where Paul Walker passed away during the production. Number seven was I think? that James one. Yeah, yeah, because huh. he had to. He had to. Be, it was that whole thing of like it's his first big budget, you know, action movie. And he hit a giant crisis in the middle of it when one of the yeah. lead at leads passed away. <coughs> so it was that whole thing of like, yep, yeah, this is a baptism by f- this is a baptism by fire for somebody who's used to sort of being in charge of much smaller independent horror projects. Um, I think he did a great job here. I think the settings sometimes drowned out his visual flair simply because of the things that came with them. Yes. I could barely understand what was happening in the final 20 there, minutes. There are two there are there are a couple of points in this where there is just a lot going on. A There's, lot going on. <clears throat> swarming was a big problem in the underwater sequences. I like. uh, apart apart from one intentional sequence which was full-blown James Wan, this is here to make you feel really uncomfortable and a oh, little yeah. bit shit your pants scared. That sequence yeah. which you see a little bit of in one of the trailers was Yeah. Fucking brilliant. A big old present for any fans of the new 52 arcs as oh, well. Yeah, yeah oh, my yeah. God. Um, um, but his action, I mean, from from there's a beat with Nicole Kidman about 10 minutes into the movie where the choices made in the way they shot it are genius. Like, the camera is almost, like, in using selfie stick physics yeah. of, it, of it almost being attached to the end of the trident throughout the fight. 
Yes. Like not not stuck to it, but lingering in its trajectory. So you always see things from the point of view of one end of the trident as the fight's going on, and it just looks so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like it's mm-hmm. not one shot. It's not one shot, but it's edited as one shot, and it looks phenomenal. Um, oh my god, uh, who, who's I keep forgetting his name, and he's brilliant, and he's in so many things. Uh, Arthur's dad, uh, Tamura uh, Morrison. Tamura Morrison, Django yeah. Fett himself, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Moana's dad. Uh, he's he's brilliant. Again, some really good de aging tech at the start of this. Oh yeah. Oh <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman, um, Mr. Morrison, and uh, 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 back to formula. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah. They get the de aging several times in this film, and it looks great. Like it, it's it's worded roughly as at least the last time. Um, it's been it's been it's been at least twenty years since um since uh, uh the queen was um allegedly yes. sort of felled as it were yeah and and so it's implied that she went back to Atlantis sort of like twenty five years ago or whatever like something like yeah. that placing Aquaman roughly in his sort of early 30s, which is about right. I don't think you could get away with saying Jason Momoa was in his 20s. No, I think he's, um, he's nearly 40, isn't he? Oh, yeah, that's how this works real, now. Like, yeah, nearly, apart from, Tom Holland is literally the only sort of superhero who is, who is a kid. In terms well, of even movies. he's in his, in, his, in his 20s now. Oh, yeah, but that's a rarity. Like, everyone <laughs> everyone gets cast now in, like, the sort of late 30s, pretty much, in these parts. Um, yeah, I think Nicole Kidman's only like twelve years older than Jason Momoa or something. Yeah. Oh, and they were. Well, they're definitely only like sixteen years older than him. Yeah, they definitely age them both up a little bit in just yeah, terms yeah. of the, the wardrobe choices and things like that for uh, you know later segments of the movie. But it's it's <laughs> it's one of those where um, like what the hell's it going with this? Willem Dafoe. Yes. Lo- looks sort of just a bit younger than he did in Spider Man in two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's really and it's really weird because to me that's what Willem Dafoe looks like because I've watched that movie so many times. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, oh, they've not done anything to him. <laughs> and then it got to to uh, what's his name um, Volko Volko later in the day and I was, uh, in in the story the narrative I was like, oh yeah, that, no, that's what Willem Dafoe looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Why has he got a ponytail? Um, um, yeah, that seems to be the Atlantean sort of hairstyle, doesn't it? Bunched hair. Around the back of your head. Yes, yeah. Patrick Wilson I, I, must have amazing undersea gel to have that ducktail for most of the film. I really, I really loved all the design of the Atlantean uh, culture and buildings and costumes and technology. I just thought all that design stuff was really, really neat. That and was the only. That was the only downside for me was we didn't see more of it beyond um, the stuff around King Orm. Yeah, uh, I, re- I really wanted to. I wanted I wanted to get a sense of the Atlantis that Mira was worried would be lost, like amidst the conflict, because she she didn't want she didn't want violence on the surface world, but she also didn't want it to lead to the destruction of Atlantis or no, you know, no. to, to her people. So it would have been nice to have got down to the streets to have met some civilians, and that was I think that was the only thing really missing from that element, because the only time we see Atlantean civilians is them cheering for bloodshed in a gladiatorial combat arena. And I was like. Oh. I don't want to believe that they're all dickheads. Like, oh, you know, I don't. I don't want to believe that they're all just like, yeah, kill him. I want. I want to see how nice it is. Um, yeah. Because then you can have you can have another parallel between her and Arthur when she sees the surface world for a bit, 
and him seeing Atlantis for a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, I don't feel like him becoming king because, you know, that's his destiny is an achievement for him in any way because he doesn't really know what he's going to rule, does he? So no, like, quite. Uh. Um, but but I, apart I, from that, like the the designs of that area and the, and the military yeah. and and the and that sort of stuff and the two other kingdoms, so cool. And um, what 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 are the what are they called the 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 ones who are more more fish than human? The fishermen. The fishermen. Yeah. The fishermen's throne room and the look of them in the brief scene we spend there is amazing. Mm-hmm. So cool. And again, just sort of like comic book, like the comic book shyness is gone. They're like, no, screw it. We're just going to adapt it. Here they go. Yeah, Boom. they're just doing it full on. They're on screen. And it looks so, so cool. Um, I don't know about you. I think we should dive into spoiler spoilers. Yes, yes. Pun intended. <laughs> Pun very much um, intended. There's a wrap up uh, for those who are curious. Uh, yes, right? <laughs> I enjoyed it. And I had it's, fun. <laughs> it's a serious fucking step up from... Uh, Justice League, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's fun, and it's silly, and it knows it's silly. <laughs> does um, it? <laughs> yeah, yes it does. Yes, it Aww. does. Um, and I had a, a whale of a time with it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's worth checking out. It's worth I, checking hope out. I, hope, I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> but only if you've, only if you've uh, seen Spider-Verse already. Yeah, Spider Verse is your priority, Sonny Jim Laddie Boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that is hands down one of the best films of the year, and Aquaman is just fine. Good bit of fun. Uh, spoilers. Aye. So earlier when I said there was like three or four movies in this, so you've got um, standard superhero origin story, a la four. Yes. You've got um, giant. Lord of the Rings, um, struggle for the throne, fantasy, uh, big scale battle sort of stuff. You've got globe trotting, uh, tongue in cheek Indiana Jones adventure, mm-hmm. and then you've got, um, yeah, I think that's it. Probably just those three. I don't think <laughs> yeah. you stretch it to a fourth. There's little bits of stuff here and there, but not that. Not that, nothing that feels like they just smushed a f- like it does feel like they smushed three sort of scripts and tones together, and it's mostly come out all right actually. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it, it definitely. I liked the, all of it. Like the the quest vibe worked for the movie. Like the the whole we're gonna go here and we're gonna go here. Like the globe trotting stuff worked. Yeah. It's just because it, it, just, it just gave some nice interesting locations which you don't associate the DCEU with. Yeah, I like the idea of of the desert being an an old Atlantean kingdom that's gone dry. That was neat. Mm. Um, I like the mythology of the Atlanteans that they built up. I like that they weren't afraid to get silly with it. And I like that... Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's there's one moment in the film which you've already hinted at in this podcast, which was the moment moment where I was like, oh, they give no fucks now. Like, yes. No fucks are given anymore for looking sensible is, or legitimate. There is an octopus playing drums it, during mean, the Colosseum fight. All it needed to do was start going. There was an octopus playing drums. <laughs> they hide inside a whale's mouth. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, I mean. <laughs> 
actor. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren <laughs> rides into battle on a giant seahorse. Like, I, mm, it, it, what more do you want? You've got the Black Manta comic style mask with shooting lasers out of his eyes. It's it's so silly. Julie I, Andrews voices a Lovecraftian nightmare. Oh, was that Julie Andrews? That was Julie Andrews. Oh yes, that, that Julie Andrews thing. who's not who's not done a film in quite some time because you know she's older and her pipes are knackered. Um, yeah. But the most recent thing she did was uh, Julie Andrews' Green Room, the the, the family show uh, about yes. theatre yeah. on, on Netflix, which is wonderful. I watched an episode of it. It was really, really lovely. Um, but she she declined a cameo in Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, and when asked about it, she said, I didn't want to detract from what Emily is going to be doing. She felt that it would be a bit too much if she appeared yeah. in it, because it would be a distraction. Unless she was hidden in it somewhere, it would be a distraction. So she she politely declined, and she said she had she'd spoken to Emily Blunt about playing Mary Poppins, and they'd had a lovely chat about it. And she can't wait to see the film. So it was like, oh, okay, it's a shame that she's not going to be in it, but fair enough. Like, yeah. And then it seems like a cruel joke that the same weekend, yes, um, that that's coming out in the states, uh, Warner yes. Brothers have gone. Hey, Julie, you want to uh, come and sit in a booth for a for a couple of hours and uh, knock out some lines for us you want to be in our movie julie <laughs> <laughs> however mm. her voice worked tremendously for that I think, oh yeah because it, it oh, gave yeah. it that that sort of you know the old gods kind of vibe yeah to that character which is foreshadowed at the beginning of the movie yeah done with horror on the on the table yeah yes i'm glad you spotted it as well yeah, you little yeah. nerd <laughs> but yeah i saw that i was like this is going to get a callback at some point. Although it would have there's, been... There's going to be a Lovecraftian horror in this movie yeah. at some point. Although, you know, to be perfectly honest, something like The Shadow Over Innsmouth would have been more appropriate. But hey, whatever. <laughs> You're just upset that a uh, bloody... Um, what do you call it? Um, thingy dink of giant yeah. robot from Pacific Rim didn't come in and punch it in the oh, face. Oh, so good. So good. What are they called Giant him? sea beastie. What are they called in Pacific Rim again? Kaiju of the Monsters. Jaegers. Jaegers, that's it. Jaegers. Um, um, dropping a Jaeger bomb. Well, uh, that's what it's for. It's Jaeger is German for hunter. My God. That's why Jaegermeister uh, is literally master of the hunt. <laughs> oh God, really? Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's why That's why the logo is a, is a deer head. Now I'm starting to think that drink's really over overbloated. It's a, it's, a, it's a digestive, so you drink it to help your digestion and uh, keep you warm on cold outings. No, you don't. You have a little glass of it poured into a bigger glass of something else, and you drink it on student nights. Hey, I um, I, I drink it neat because I'm a I'm a I'm a Jägermeister myself. You're a man's man. Uh, you're a, you're an Aquaman's man. Hey, I know. Um, I seriously. I mean, <clears throat> I was slightly concerned that. Jason Momoa wouldn't have the charisma or the range to sort of hold it, hold the movie. But I think he actually does pretty well. Yeah, he he's looks... he's he's not helped by the script at all. No, but, but his natural kind of charisma shines through. Yeah, it it feels more and more like he's playing himself, which is yes. fine because by all accounts he seems like a pretty fun dude. This is a this is I don't think it's as effective as but this is definitely a Downey Jr Tony Stark situation where they yeah, take the yeah. actor and they've gone right we are going to bring you two together. 
because there are there character. are you know there, there are versions of Aquaman <clears throat> that sort of eke into that territory like the the Peter David era with the hook hand is the closest you really got in the yeah. comics to that version of Aquaman um but... I mean even even the Brave and the Bold cartoon version like the the, the sort of the cockiness and yeah. yeah I got this kind of attitude obviously in that it's more a parody of you know the Silver Age hero thing of like ha ha I'll save you don't worry yeah but it but like the you know you can imagine this Aquaman would also like drink beer and tell tales of that time he defeated the mighty Kraken oh. beast of the something. Do you know what I mean? You can the, totally the, the moment, that. the moment in, in the, the bar, uh, in the bar where they yes. you think it's going to be a bar fight and they just want a picture and they just want a selfie, which is already a funny joke. And then three selfies in, he's like cheering with them and they're getting drunk. <laughs> it's brilliant. That was the bit that made me laugh when, when, when they were like, you know, I just want to see. Can I get a picture? I was like, huh, that's funny. And then they go then further it, with it. And then it lingers for just a bit too long. And I'm like, all right, okay, no, I'm get, I'm get it. I got the joke. I got the joke, James. And then so, by like snap three, I was like, oh, that's why you made it play out. You wanted to catch me off guard. Yes. There's a lot of that, actually. I think there's a lot of it. This, I, I think, film... Yeah, I think I think maybe one too many of these, but I know what you mean. There's got some lovely kind of da 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 pause. Is that it? Kind of moments. Yeah. It's like, bit... oh, there's, yeah. there's like, there's like too, too many, I think. But yeah, they use it a bit too much, but it. It's so like Guardians, good. like Guard Guardians is guilty of that a couple times as yeah. well, and 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 you know it's, it's 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 uh, it's think... lazy. It's lazy comedy if you keep doing it. But yeah, yeah. All the same, and in in some ways, it's leading into your expectations of a superhero movie <clears> in the, in the sort of the arc of of Arthur's journey. Yeah, but in the way it treats the tone of it a lot of the time it's subverting expectations so it's i think it's a neat it's a neat balance it's not perfect don't get me wrong but oh lord no <laughs> it's enough fun to be like yeah I, I can i can like i can forgive its sins so to speak um because it is so much fun to experience mm-hmm. um and it partly because, well, mostly because it knows it's fun and it's leading into it and it knows it's silly and it knows it's got problems, but it's like, <clears throat> come on, come on, we'll have a laugh. It'll be fine. A bit like Arthur Curry after you take a photo with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, but, just, uh, it's just that snap to him with like massive wide mouth out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, in the middle of the photo. He's just a party animal. And I think that's a great... <laughs> you know, it's not, a ver- it's not a version of a superhero we see a lot. There's a lot of stoic... Um, grim, serious superheroes, and he's kind of not like that. And when the, I, I was, when the I was, story I was tries almost, to... yeah, I was almost upset that they that they do make him more like that by the closing shots. I was yeah. a bit like, oh, really, guys? Like they, they, give, that, they give you that moment. It, yeah. They give you that moment just before where he sort of like kisses her on the head. And he's like, "It's gonna be fun." And you're like, yeah. "Okay, it's still him." But then the final shot of the movie is the like. You know, I'm Aquaman. Shot, and I'm like, dude, no, that's yeah, not you. yeah, that's so not it, you. When it when it when it doesn't lean into the idea of him as as this sort of lust for life, force of nature, then it it kind of loses itself a bit. But and it's like even even he says uh, to Mary, he's like, I'm a blunt instrument. That's what I am. That's great. That was a great line. And again, and the then, whole the whole thing of he knows he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Well, that's fine. That's not his strength. Yeah, like that. That's not where he shines. Uh, uh, but at the same time, he's a lot smarter than he lets on. Um, yeah, like the stuff with the, 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 the you know the Indiana Jones Uncharted sequence, basically in in Sicily. 
and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that stuff where you go, oh, all right, and and you can you can kind of believe that yeah, this guy could, this guy is definitely a superhero. Like he could do this. He can definitely do this shit. Um, I just want to touch on a couple of the random characters that popped up, random actors who just sort of appeared out of nowhere. Um, and some of some of the main characters, but I just didn't expect them. Um, so the the airplane pilot had like two lines. I was like. That Kiwi accent is awfully familiar. Yeah. And then he's on profile. I'm like, that's Lee Weenall. That's freaking Lee Weenall. That's James Wan's partner in crime. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, wh- huh? I mean, I get it. Cameo. But it's like, you've got he's been in a lot of films by this point. Like, maybe let him turn his whole head round <laughs> at least once. Like, show off his face. It's like anybody who's ever seen Saw or, you know, freaking Insidious. You know what I mean? It's like, you know who he is. Like, show him off. Um... But yeah, uh, 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 D- um, Digimon Honzu. Um, He's the Fisher Fisher King. Was the Fisher King? Yeah, yeah. yeah Fisherman King. Because we we knew he'd been announced. We were like, oh, another actor crossing over. Interesting. Yeah. But for about a two minute sequence. Um, <clears throat> so there is that. Um, let's have a little gander. Randall Park as uh, Doctor Stephen Shin. Yeah. Nice little uh, uh, nice little scene in the uh, yeah. on the news thing. Yeah, Stephen Shin is the character that reappears in the mid credit scene. Oh, okay. Black Manta's found by a fisherman's shit, a fisherman's boat. Uh, okay. And then it cuts to footage of Shin's debates on TV, like that one and another one playing on a loop. And it pulls out and someone's watching them back over and over again on a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst uh, Black Manta's like recovering in the room and he wakes up to see Dr. Shin, like he's in his, basically his office, his base is just covered in Atlantean evidence and stuff everywhere and papers and all this stuff. And he's messing with the helmet and it shoots through the ceiling. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And he's like, but it's Atlantean tech, isn't it? You, you've got to show me. Where did you get this? And he says, I'll tell you, but first you've got to help me get him. And he flings his grandfather's knife into a picture of, um, Arthur on the wall. So it's like, okay, Alright, I see where you're going with this. But you just know that the first version of that scene was not Aquaman-centric. You just know the first version of that scene is like Luther's yacht or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, And then they've changed it because they've gone, let's focus on individual franchises now. Yes, because it's not working, is it? I really hope yeah. for Joe Manganiello's sake they fucking put Deathstroke in something just so it was worth it. That would be nice. That would be nice. Did you know Graham McTavish was a- uh, Atlan? I thought he looked familiar. Is it underneath all that? All that bit. I mean, I know he's had a beard for a while, but like underneath all that beard, I was like, There's something about the voice. Whose voice is that? I just looked up. It's Graham McTavish. And also, speaking of beard, Dolph Lundgren as Nereus. Great job. Yes. Um, yes. But also distracting because I just every time he was in shot, I was like. How much money has been spent on animating or compositing a separate shot of hair and a beard? Yeah. Weird. Because Orm's hair was always slicked down unless he was on dry land. Yeah. That that was something they didn't make very clear. Um, they, they said it, but it wasn't focused on why some Atlanteans could survive in both environments and why others died instantly. Yeah. It was like, really? But, you know, uh, the only thing of Orm that died whenever he was uh, <laughs> outside of water was those roots, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Wilson. Uh, 
Patrick, Bloody Wilson, James Wan's other lucky charm. He was having a lot of fun in this, wasn't he? He was. He was given, <laughs> he was given some basic ass dialogue, but he was playing the smugness so well. So... <clears throat> I guarantee you, he was just there going, mm, I'm going to have fun with this. Going to be, going to be, going to be campy, going to be arch. Very Shakespearean in terms of like his yes. character's thinking, because a lot of it was not what he said, it was in his uh, it was in his intent. You could yes. sort of tell. Like when he offers Arthur a, a, a last minute out before the Ring of Fire challenge, and he says like, I don't want to kill you. Even though he said earlier, a scene before, he was like, I've always wanted to murder you, I wanted to find you and kill you. And now I'm conflicted. And it's like, yeah, you're conflicted because you're a fucking coward. That's why you're impressed by this guy in front of you. And you're like, oh shit, I'm a little scared. So I'm going to give you the option to leave. And it's like, no, it's because you don't want to face him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're determined to go through with your plan. But this this has arrived on your doorstep last second and you're shitting yourself. Because yeah. um, they'd make no bones about the fact that Aquaman is tough as a motherfucker from the beginning. Oh, yeah. But then they they really reinforce quite nicely. Yeah, when you're down here... You're like you are just as tough as them, if not weaker, because they're used to it down here. Yeah, it was like good idea. Um, and then of course, for the Ring of Fire challenge, he's like, "I don't want to kill you. I'm giving you one last chance to back out of this." And it's like you're only doing that because you're scared he's going to whoop your ass. <laughs> like yeah, that's why. Um, pretty much. He he was great because he was show, he was very much show don't tell, whereas other characters and other story arcs were too much tell yeah well a lot of it was the script going okay we have to put all this information in here and here and here and here i wonder and if with pa- i wonder if with patrick he just said do you know what i don't need to do this bit guys i don't need to do this you know just the whole yeah maybe yeah the whole like i could do i can do it with my face look <laughs> i'm an actor, I'm an actor. Um, yeah particularly like amber heard gets a lot of exposition and yeah gets a ton of exposition I felt um, kind of bad for Amber Heard a little bit in some scenes. Um, mostly because it felt like she was falling a little bit into the tropes of this genre a little. Like, yeah. she was she was very much an active character with with agency, but, you know, just the whole, oh, now they're holding hands. Where the hell did that come from? It's like, yeah. is she just here to be the... I mean, we you know, fans of the comic, we know that Arthur and Mira have become a thing. But you don't need to do that here. That being said, though, <clears throat> just look at Jason Momoa. Just, just look at him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, just I've I've spoken to him in real life. Just he had a giant cast on his leg, and he oh. he, he injured himself on a pub crawl the night before. <laughs> so I mean, he's just played himself. He came to the UK. He's just played Milton, himself. Milton Keynes in 2009. He came oh, to the UK Jesus. to do a Comic Con, and he was in a cast because, like, the night before at one one a.m. he in a pub crawl and he fell over Good. and like snapped a bone in his ankle Oh! and then came to the con the next day with his cast on mm, um, that's a man right there that's a man um, right there shunny Jim <laughs> Lennon boy um, but like Momo brings a lot to it and Amber Heard when she's when she's not an exposition machine or you know Arthur's love interest she does get to shine um and it's Aquaman's film, but it would have been nice if Mira were allowed to participate a bit more um, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a meaningful way rather than just a, but it's your destiny kind of way. Especially because when she cuts loose with her powers, it's fucking stunning. Oh, yeah. It's really, really cool. Especially especially in the in the vineyard, the, the wine shop. Oh, yeah. The vintners. Yeah, yeah. Where she just like, she realizes there's moisture in every bottle. She's just like, right. 
and just like they all shatter around her and temporarily solid shards of like of red wine shoot out and impale the guards <laughs> before fizzling mm. away and you're like mm-hmm. oh that's cool like that's really cool to see mm-hmm. um and the colors man like when Manta has his first meeting with Orm's guards, and it's just all the water swirling around him, it's like these yeah. these these pale blues and purple. The, the water hologram that that Orm uses to communicate with the surface. Yeah, because he doesn't want to go up there. The the, the sight of Sicily with its beiges and greens and whites yeah. and that big red beam just cutting through it all. They definitely turned the color up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but but, 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 this, but not in a Justice League way where it looks like they've just done that no. to go. We need to make it look lighter in this. It's yeah. like yeah, they this is what they were planning to do from the top, and every Let's shot is composed colorful. in a way to to let that color shine and pop. Yeah, because there was no way that it was not going to be. There's no version of this movie that works that doesn't lean into the silliness of it. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, they're already they're already gone for the more hardcore Aquaman sort of interpretation, but he's a goofball, so yeah, they're still going. Hey, we're gonna have fun, and then the freaking octopus banging drum shows up about forty minutes in, and I'm like, yeah, what the I am happening right now. Sold. Mary sold. Poppins is voicing Cthulhu. Like, what the hell's going on? So sold. <laughs> Just very good, very good. It was it um, was fun. I'm not in a rush to revisit it. Um, no, but. Oh god! Like, if Shazam continues along this trajectory, then the DCEU's future should be solo films. Screw your team ups. Forget about your team ups and crossovers. Yeah, and I Just think make they, some I think really good solo that. flicks. And then when you've earned everybody's love again, like three, four years down the line, then do your Justice League meets um, in Justice League story. You know what I mean? Like, then do that as like a little party. Like, hey, we're all on board now. Let's 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 bring some baddies together. Because that is something that the other team haven't done yet. The villain, the villain team up film. Yeah, there's no Masters of Evil in the Marvel movie. <clears throat> yeah, so like, do that later. But right now, give us Shazam, give us Wonder Woman two, give us a give us another Superman movie that's light and fun. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. And then when you've done that, that's when you can go right. Should we get everyone back together for something? Then I'll be up for it. Um, and and you know bring. Bring Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> he was supposed to be in Justice League, but his scenes got cut. Yeah, which I think makes sense. Like, I think that was for the sake of this movie, because they make a reference to the fact that that uh, Arthur has met Mira a few times, but mostly in a she's come to him like, you have to come back, and he's like, piss off. Yeah, because he way. doesn't know her name. Yeah, which I thought was good, because in the first film they sort of like, suggest that, oh, these two have a history, but it's like, no, it's just she keeps showing up and he keeps going, leave me alone. Um, yeah, which is great, which I think was really nice. So yeah, it makes more sense that he he sees Volko again for the first time after a while. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I I I dig it. I dig it. In the words of Justice League Aquaman, I dig it. I dig um, it. Um, dressed like a fish. I dig it. Um, <laughs> it's not incre- it's not incredible, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's good fun. Squid playing drums. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, pop emails on the back burner for a little bit so, so we can bank them up for when you get back. Oh, neat. Um, so, because we've got, we've got a couple, but nothing. A couple of Doctor Who bits and thoughts and things like that. So, but we're going to. Well, so we could save them actually for yeah. the first episode. We could save those emails. If that's all right, if you've emailed in, guys, uh, stuff about Doctor Who and roundups, we might save it for a couple of weeks' time stuff. for yeah. the. Well, let's do it for right. the first episode. 
Let's do it for the first 2019 episode. Let's do it for our yeah. best of... Uh, best of 2018 rest of 2019 app yes um, um but do email in guys with thoughts about the movies we've been talking about the shows we've been talking about because before the end of the year if i'll just check my calendar figure it out before the end of the year there will be um at least one more episode that we record uh as and when yes because uh so this episode will be going out on youtube for example on the 21st next week the 28th that's our pre-recorded christmas special on the 28th ladies and gentlemen <laughs> So, uh, so get ready to sink your teeth into that one. We drink some hard liquor and talk about bullshit. Um, um, before we do go, though, I do want to share a couple of tweets we got uh, regarding... Ooh, meat. Superhero stuff we've been talking about. Um, <clears throat> meat. And I thought this one comes in from Alan Flanagan on Twitter. Says, Spider-Verse was the first superhero film I've seen in ages that was led by story and not by brand. Um, a bit of both, I think, I reckon. Because mm. Lord and Miller know how to make a brand-heavy movie that um, leans in to the story. Because if you can you can make a brand-focused movie, but you just make it good so no one notices. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it, again, like you say, yeah. it's the Lego movie in practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Santa Davy. <laughs> Santa <laughs> Davy. Uh, David Steele uh, on Twitter says... Um, I enjoyed Spider-Verse, but it was very reminiscent of a lot of the comics I've read, which is always going to be the case, and not a fault as such. Wiped out by Stan's cameo. I see what you're saying there, like, because it used so many familiar elements and storylines, you were a bit like, oh, well, I've seen this. But um, I think think that was, I think it was a smart call on on their part, because it it was there to introduce a wider audience to some of that more niche stuff like Uncle Aaron and everything that, that yeah, is known yeah. by the mainstream yet, but it bloody well will now. Oh, so yes. and Stan's cameo was um, lovely. Did you spot all the uh, the author names and artist names hidden amongst the yes, scenes as well? The Chelly's the Bendis's uh, My favourite my favourite is still Ramita Ramita's Ramen. Yes. Very good. Bar. <laughs> very good. Um uh, uh Santa <laughs> Santa I'm assuming that's his Christmas version of his name. I'm gonna say Dave. Uh Dave also <laughs> says um Hello Dave I generally thought that Aquaman had the best movie visuals I've ever seen. Oh, I was almost permanently open mouth emoji. <laughs> bit strong, I thought. Bit strong, but yeah, it looked very good. Uh, on the other hand, the script was a bit muddy. I felt Ocean Master's motivation needed to be clearer. Now I'll say this: that script is muddy, but I, I think Ocean Master's motivation was pretty fucking clear. I kind of get what he means, though. I kind of get what you mean, Dave Boy it, or Laddie what, what, Jim. Explain it to me, Chris. Explain it, it did, to me. It did almost feel like there was one more thing Ocean Master was motivated by, then we didn't quite see what it was. Like, sure, he wants war on the surface world because he feels Atlantis has been under sea for too long, but what does that mean next? Does that mean Atlantis moves to the surface world and claims it? Does that mean that he wants to rule over the planet? Like, do you know what I mean? I know what he means. It was almost like, we're going to do this and get revenge. It's like, yeah, and then what? Yeah, he's just going to wipe out the surface people and then they're going to live in the sea. It's going to be great. No pollution. Yeah, no... but also all that <laughs> land. Does he have a bigger design? Does he have a bigger design on, on the planet? Is is what I think he's suggesting. I, I kind of get that. But, no, he um... just wants everyone to fuck off. Leave him alone. <laughs> Go away, everybody. You're such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Speaking of which... um. <laughs> What? Go away! Go away, everybody! We finished the podcast. <laughs> oh right, so we're calling everyone assholes. <laughs> no, 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 not today. Maybe another time. Uh, maybe to the first tier patrons. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all assholes. Hey, hey. Um, da, 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 da. Da, thanks for listening, da, da, da. folks. As uh, as per usual, uh, as the thanks, not the listening, because you know I don't know if you're a first time listener or a regular listener, or I don't even know who you are. Who are you? Who even are you, people? She doesn't um, even go here. Just email us and tell us. Um, Especially yeah. emails about uh, the best of 2018. What films and stuff have you absolutely loved this year and you want to talk, chat on about? Because the next time we gather over a hot, steamy microphone will be to discuss the best of 2018 and the rest of 2019. Well, that'll be in two episodes time, actually. Uh, three episodes time. But get them coming in now. We'll remind you next time as well. Um, because obviously we always kick off the year with a bit of a look back and a look forward. And we want you guys involved with that. Um, Always. But tell you what, actually, do you know what would be nice to hear for the next time we are on mic, which What's is in that? two weeks? What's that? I want to hear if anybody's got a New Year's resolution. But more importantly, I want to hear if they kept up or completed this year's. Mm, okay. Ah, dear listener, email in bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Yes. I would like to hear. Also, at bigdamncast on Twitter, don't forget. Mm-hmm. That tweet is very important. Um, and bigdamnstream.tv uh, sorry no twitch.tv slash bigdamnstream on twitch um, which I tried to stream from my PS4's been having a Barney with me oh, so I've, I've not been able to log in on my PS4 to Big Damn Stream. so if you are subscribed to Big Damn Stream, guys you know do stick around because I am able to at least broadcast through my account on there as well yeah um, That's, um, when, well, as and when I'll have to make sure that we've got hosting set up properly so we can host um, eat our personal channels if we're not I think I think we're all, I think yet. I think we are auto, but it takes like two minutes before they kick in. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, we're growers, not showers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna uh, <laughs> continue on with uh, adventures in backlog and interviews of four also over at YouTube. Um, hopefully, we'll get that back to a stream at some point in the new year, but we'll see. Um, but yes, we'll all see. Come along and um, pop along and and watch me take a woman out on two different dates and. Also, a murder. I stumble upon a murder, and then catch things in a UFO catcher, and get drunk, and also fight dudes. Yakuza Four's weird. Um. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. We will see you after Christmas. Merry Christmas, one and all. Have a lovely next. Have a lovely holiday, folks. Next, next, next. Once again, soon. Meat! Ah. Oh.